speaking of the Holy Land, we have the unique opportunity, and we love when this happens, of hearing words from uh, Rabbi Yudin about this week's Parsha, but not just not just now, Friday morning, or whenever you're listening to uh, to the archive or to the file of Rabbi Yudin's words, but for him, it is almost Shabbos, so we get to hear these words as he visits Beit Shemesh, Israel, on this Erev Shabbos, just before Shabbos for Rabbi Yudin in the state of Israel, which is always an amazing feeling. And with that having been said, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlaw, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good afternoon, Nachum, and good morning, Erev Shabbos, everybody. What a treat. It's all I can say, a treat to give over this Dvar Torah from Eretz Yisrael. What is so special? I tell you every time, but I experience it, and that is to feel the Erev Shabbos. Yes, we have Shabbos, but more and more, the streets are just... They're full of people, but they're empty of the cars traveling from one to another because you can sense the air of Shabbos. Not just the flowers popping up on the corners and fruit stands. There's that calm, and there is that very special anticipation that Bli Ayin Shabbos is coming. And uh, what can I tell you? I wish this feeling on everybody. I just want to say before I begin the actual Dvar Torah, the excitement as really what is the national bird of the state of Israel? And the right answer would probably be the crane because they're building and Eretz Yisrael is just mispachetes, spreading out all over. If you were here last year, you're not going to recognize it, because thank God, there's more and more and more. But yet at the same time, they found just most recently a little coin from approximately 2,700 years ago, from the time of Bias Rishon. And this coin has on it the seal of the governor of the city of Yerushalayim. And it's so exciting that the words of David HaMelech in Tilim, Emes, Me'eretz Titzmach, which means literally the truth emerges from the ground, from under the ground, when the rest of the world tries to deny our rich heritage and past when archaeologists pull out of the ground these little treasures, which just, you know, is like another divine wink to Klai Yisrael, saying just two words, welcome home. Okay, we're off and running this week with Pasha's bow. There are, believe in her, many, many mitzvos. Uh, the first mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people as a people, that of the Jewish calendar, many mitzvahs related to Pesach. And at the end of the parsha, you find the first two of the four parshios that are in the tefillin. Especially for the women that are listening, let me give you a very quick crash course. Tefillin con- is constituted of two black boxes, one put on the upper arm, the other on the head. Each of these two black boxes contain the same uh, scripture, namely,
only four paragraphs of the Torah. Each of these four paragraphs has the mitzvah of tefillin within that paragraph. One significant difference between the two boxes. The tefillin shall yad, the hand tefillin, has all four paragraphs on one long piece of parchment. And the head tefillin, the tefillin shall rosh, has four compartments and it contains the uh, four paragraphs, four parshios, each one in a different compartment. Now, ask your sons, ask your husband, why is that so? And they're going to tell you um, they're not exactly sure. Because the Torah doesn't say why. In fact, the Torah doesn't prescribe this. All these laws are halachal Moshe misinai. The Meshachachma, at the end of this week's parsha, suggests a very interesting reason. And that is as follows. He sends you to the book of Kings, Malachim Aleph, and this is chapter 9, verse 3. Chapter 8 in Malachim is the long prayer of King Solomon asking Hashem to please uh, accept our base Hamikdash first temple that was built in Hashem's honor and that this would be his home uh, beseeching Hashem to reside within the home built by Shlomo, readied by his father. At the beginning of chapter 9, Hashem responds in a most positive way. And so, in verse 3, he says, Shlomo, I have heard your beautiful prayer, and I plan to literally move in to the home that you have built on my behalf. And then he finishes the verse with the following words, V'hoyu, meaning my eyes and my heart shall be there all the days. Now, I don't have to tell you. The obvious question is, what do those words mean? Because God is incorporeal. He has no body. He has no eyes. He has no heart. What is the symbolism of these words? Suggest the Meshachachma, a very beautiful idea. The Talmud at the beginning of Brachos teaches us that God himself wears tefillin. And in fact, the Talmud as much as asks, wait a minute, what is written in God's tefillin? We know in our tefillin, as I mentioned, are the four paragraphs that contain the mitzvah of tefillin, including the last two paragraphs being the Shema and Bahayim Shemoah, the first two of the three paragraphs of the Shema. What's written in God's tefillin? And the Gemara answers so beautifully, what's written there is, Umika Amcho Yisrael Goyechod Ba'oretz, who was like the Jewish people, a most unique people. Now what's the significance of that? The significance of that is that we in our tefillin praise God, he and his tefillin praises the Jewish people. And now says the Meshachachma that the term Enayim, God's eyes, refers to his Hashkacha Pratis, divine providence that he has with the Jewish people. And the lave, his heart, that his heart is there all the time, refers to the love that he has for the Jewish people. Hashkacha Pratis is God's head tefillin, and the love for the Jewish people is his hand filling. And Aini Aini Sham, my eyes, my heart there all the time.
Now watch. Just as by the Arbaminim, the four species on Sukkot, the rabbis teach us there are four kinds of Jews. There are Jews with Tam and Reach, that with taste and scent, meaning Torah and good deeds. There are Jews with only Torah without the good deeds, and only with good deeds without Torah. And that fourth category is Jews who don't yet have either or Torah or good deeds. So, therefore, the Tefillin Shalrosh that we put on reminds us of His Hashem's divine providence with each individual, because commensurate with what Hashem has given us, that's what we are accountable and responsible if we utilize His gifts in serving Him. If God has given us intelligence, we are to use His intelligence on His behalf. If God has given us wealth, we are to use the wealth on His behalf by being His um, Gizbar, by being his treasurer, to help out various charities. And so it is that whatever talents God has given an individual, the individual should take those talents and return them back. And so this is what the Tefillin Shorosh symbolizes, the uniqueness, the unique relationship that God has with each individual, and that's not the same. However, when it comes to the Tefillin Shalyad, that represents God's love for the Jewish people, and that is the same across the board. As the Torah teaches us in the fifth book of the Torah, at the beginning of Parshas Ekev, Kasher Yaser Ish Es Bino, Hashem Alokecha Miasreka, that as a father disciplines his child, and it's done out of love, so too does Hashem discipline you. And in fact, the Smag, the Sefer Mitzvos Gadol, says that that verse at the beginning of Akev is actually the source of the concept of the Kam Zu Litova, that it's a biblical idea that all that happens to us is for the best because it stems from our Father, and our Father loves us, and a Father loves all children the same. Therefore, in the Tefillin Shel Yad, there's one bias, there's one um, box that contains all four parshios, as opposed to the head Tefillin, which reflects this individualized, personal relationship that God has with different people. I believe that this is so powerful in terms of today, where we're privileged to see in the land of Israel his hashkocha pratis, his divine providence, his love for the Jewish people, meaning that you can sense that there is sayato dishmaya. You can sense that there is a divine blessing. I'm not simply talking about Shomer Yisrael, the security of the Jewish people surrounded by not yet friendly neighbors, but more than that, the incredible advancement of Torah in Eretz Yisrael, the incredible advancement of technology in Eretz Yisrael. You can actually see God's divine wink 
happening to the Jewish people. And if you ask me, this is a incredible mechayev for us. Just like the Malbim, and this is a beautiful Malbim that I suggest you take a look at in Tilim 118 that we said this past Wednesday on Rosh Chodesh, whereby we said the idea of the Jewish people is to give praise and thanksgiving to Hashem, whereby the words of the Halil are, Hodu Hashem Kitov, Yomano Yisrael, Yomano Beis Aaron, Yomano Yirei Hashem. The Malbim understands it to mean that each group attains from God their individual blessing. We have to give it back. We have to give it back that just as a father within his family, when there is love between the siblings, that in of itself brings happiness to the father, and when there is, God forbid, friction and discord among the siblings, that brings pain and aggravation to a parent. Similarly, what are we told when it comes every morning, when God performed that miraculous act of Kriyas Yamsuf, which we're going to read about, please God, next Shabbos, it says, V'yedidim he'evarta. God literally crossed through the Yam and saved the beloved ones. Beloved ones of God to the Jewish people, but beloved ones of one to another. And so the positive mitzvos of tefillin, the hand tefillin and the head tefillin, the hand tefillin, symbolizes his love for the Jewish people. The head tefillin symbolizes his divine intervention, involvement in the life of each one in a most personal way. And I pray that we will return his very special gifts to him by honoring and loving one another. Shabbat Shalom to all.